AI has been with us in our life increasingly. It, it's And for the most part, it's played a behind the scenes role. It's almost like an introverted technology, right? And so um, when, I, when I say that, I mean, when you go to your Netflix queue, the recommendation engine is different between your Netflix account and my Netflix accounts. Um, have you ever gone to an Airbnb and someone left their Netflix queue logged in? And their homepage is completely different, right? And that's all AI, Amazon recommendations. That has been a great business school case study all the time of how they've optimized that whole process. Um, there's GPS. There's all these things that AI has been baked into our lives already. So it's not like we have to be completely fearful of it, that it's, it's here now and we have to figure out what to do with it. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by a new face and voice to the social media church world, Kenny Jang. Kenny, uh, I'm being sarcastic as a new voice. You're basically the forever co-host of Social Media Church, even though we've never officially given you that title. You are a regular, uh, and even outside of the social media church world, you are you kind of own the internet uh, oh, and the, the, Christ, the Christian internet. Um, and so Kenny, for those that maybe don't yet know who you are, they're going to know at the end of this podcast, fully the genius that is Kenny Jang. Uh, but my good friend, Kenny Jang is with us today. Kenny, tell us though, how would you describe one of the questions I get all the time? Because people, people know me basically as I'm like Kenny's friend Nils, uh, but they always ask me like, who's what, that fly what is that's just kind of in your orbit Nils? Who's that guy that's always showing up? They, they want to know. Who is Kenny? Like, what does Kenny do? So I want to hear from you. What does Kenny do? Who are you? Uh, I think that, so for this audience, I think they'll understand a bit. So um, I am a bit of an entrepreneur. And so um, just like you, and one of the things that you see in entrepreneurs is that we're basically just problem hunters. Like we're a hunting dog for problems. And then we try to solve them. And so if you look at that, um, use that lens and see all the projects and ventures I'm involved in, you, you'll start to understand, oh, that makes sense. Now for, um, you know, like, I'm sure it's the same way that you like, my mom has no clue as what I do, right? It's one of those things, right? They can't explain my, right? So um, the, an easier way to say it that the, the normal world might understand is I do basically two things. I run a content marketing agency that helps uh, ministries, nonprofits, uh, clarify the positioning and drive engagement with the right audiences. So that's what we do in consulting and advisory through the agency. And then I run all these other ventures and properties like churchtechtoday.com or AIforchurchleaders.com that really help churches in the communications and digital ministry lane uh, through education, through events, through publishing. Um, so that might be the cleanest iteration of the explanation now you tell me you're the judge does that help explain the enigma of what kenny does or not um as my friends well first you're gonna have to help me understand even what the word enigma is uh because i i you know your your vocabulary is is beyond mine but but it it it, it is uh clarifying i you know i i just um for for our listeners you know i think one of the things that i i want to you know that that's your 
your description of yourself, and I think it is a good description for for people on here. I, I think what what I have had the privilege of knowing is that you are, I mean, one, you're a genius, uh, and you. Uh, but I think you, that what I have come to love about you is your your generosity. Uh, you are generous with your knowledge, and and so while you do these things to help people, you're generous. You you know you've spoken into my life, my ministry in so many ways, and you do it with so many others through content and through uh, so many avenues that that you have to share your knowledge. And then the other thing is you're you are a guy who loves Jesus, you know. And I've learned to you know like we met as we were both pastors, yeah. and uh, and and really we're trying to figure out how do we at the intersection of our faith and love to bring others, you know, uh, to Jesus use technology. And, uh, and, and, and that started for us in social media, you know, and I remember we were actually on a call similar to this, talking about live streaming, uh, on our first kind of, you know, conversation that, that then led to our friendship and it, uh, and then you and I, I mean, you know, I've gone to so many different things together. How, when we have to look up, I know DJ Chuang um, looked up the first tweet exchange I had with him. We have to figure out when was the first intersection. It's got to be over like maybe 15 years ago at this point, right? Like that was back yeah. in the when it was we met at the rodeo, the internet rodeo, wrangling the internet to try to figure out how to like tame it, the beast of the internet for ministry, yes. right? Church online. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there and there were like five of us, you know, <laughs> it tried trying to figure that out. And I was, I was literally on a call with Alan George yesterday and we were kind of talking about like, when did we meet? Uh, and, and I think kind of, there's a collective of us, uh, and, and Jay Cranda at that time was probably about 12 years old. Um, and he, but he somehow was given, uh, given a job at 12, uh, and he still looks like he's about 14. Uh, so, so, you know, some of us aged, uh, not as good as others, uh, but you and you and Jay, uh, have the ability to, 15 years later look exactly the same that you did 15 years ago. Uh, but at the end of the day, what one of the things that I have loved journeying with you, though, over these last 15 years is we were talking about live streaming. We were talking about TikTok. We were talking about Periscope. We were talking about, you know, we've we've gone through these journeys. You and I, I remember going to New York Tech Day uh, where we, we really, I remember one time you and I just brainstorming blockchain early days of blockchain and sure. you just being like this is ridiculous <laughs> and and pushing back where i'm like this is amazing and and but you open my eyes to like you know maybe this doesn't solve all the problems that they're promising um and there's just been so many interesting conversations i remember you calling me one time saying samsung has a vr experience in chelsea let's yes, go maybe down there yes. yeah i do it was a blast and so you and i have experimented with so many unique technologies as they've come around I think, Kenny, that we are coming up on, though, the biggest technology innovation that will affect the church, maybe as much as the internet itself, um, in AI technology. Mm-hmm. And I I am so fascinated by it. But honestly, Kenny, I feel like for the first time um, in new technology, sometimes I feel like I what I, I've wrongly run ahead of some technologies like VR, thinking it's going to be here faster than it is. Uh, and or blockchain or crypto, you know, some of these things, but AI, I feel like I'm behind and Kenny, I, you know, I've, I've picked your brain a little bit, uh, but I, I have been paying close attention to the things you're saying, the things that you're putting out content wise. And you, 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 at least from my perspective are on the forefront of how churches Uh, can use AI. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, nobody like this is so new. 
but yeah. but, but you have paid attention. I mean, you literally went to the con- you were trying to get me to go, and I and I unfortunately couldn't join you in San Francisco for the AI conference. But Kenny, you you have uh, yeah, I just I'm so fascinated by the things you're putting out. So that's why I was like, Kenny, I got to get you on the Social Media Church podcast. Oh my gosh, talk I think about AI. To to the video editor of this episode, you can delete all that um, puffy puff we're, language. We're keeping it. We're 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 creating a. We're gonna actually clip that out and just make it. That's gonna be a whole episode in and of itself of like, who is Kenny J, and uh, why why does it matter uh, that uh, you listen to his voice because it matters. Uh, your voice and your face. You know, if you if you're listening to this, you need to get on YouTube and go just look at. The beautiful man uh, that is Kenny Jang, uh, my friend, that, Kenny Jang. So, Kenny. Quote. That's the tweetable quote of this episode. Oh, that's it. And we're going to put it on repeat, too. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make a TikTok of it that just repeats. So, I, I will say, look, um, here's my soundbag that I just had in another interview that I think has to be crystallized and memorialized. I said, you know, AI ain't VR and it ain't blockchain or NFTs. Like this time around, it is a bit different. That is, that's what I'm bringing to the table to this interview, Nils. Boom. That's, we're putting that on TikTok right there. Uh, It ain't VR. It ain't blockchain. Yeah. uh, It ain't 3D printers as another technology. I'm really excited about a few years. Yeah. All of those things I think are coming, but AI is here. So Kenny, well, and even... I'll put the side note. Yeah. Here's the side note. The it, it should be a tweet thread because the second tweet has to say the world and the church does need VR, blockchain, NFTs, 3D printing. It does need those innovation fronts to move forward. But it ain't what you should be leaning on for uh, propelling the church forward in a mass adoption level, right? And so... You do need innovation, right? We need a lab. And that means that you don't just put your bets on one horse at a time. And you need to learn from all these other things. And I think we can even talk about, we could nerd out on just cultural adoption, pros and cons, what happened, what didn't happen. If you were to relaunch those other technologies again, how would you do it to the mass public so that it would have better adoption, right? There's a case study in that as well. PR plays into it case studies, influencers, all that kind of stuff. And I think the church, because our job is to be a herald for the gospel into the public square, into the marketplace, into the neighborhoods that we live in, that we can learn a lot just culturally from the adoption or lack of adoption from those other technologies, as much as learning from the technology itself. Wow. That's good. That's good. So let's talk AI. What for maybe somebody listening to this, it it feels like all of a sudden it's here and chat GPT is the thing in the rage and now barred with Google. Yeah. What 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 is AI and and why why does it matter so much? What what's led to this mass popularity and and just catchphrase of AI and you know, why it's such a big deal? AI is going to take over the world, it's gonna take your job, it's going to take over humanity. Um Yeah, that's and that's what we're hearing. And that's where it's yeah. like, Okay, but what like what does that mean? Game over. Um, no, so AI's been with us in our life increasingly. Yes. It, it's and for the most part, it's played a behind the scenes role. It's almost like an introverted technology, right? And so, mm. um, when I when I say that, I mean when you go to your Netflix queue, the recommendation engine is different between your Netflix account and my Netflix accounts. Um, have you ever gone to an Airbnb and someone left their Netflix queue logged in? <laughs> 
and their homepage is completely different, right? And that's all AI, Amazon recommendations. That has been a great business school case study all the time of how they've optimized that whole process. Um, there's GPS. There's all these things that AI has been baked into our lives already. So it's not like we have to be completely fearful of it, that it's, it's here now and we have to figure out what to do with it. It's been here. Um, a cliff note version of what happened in November is this company called OpenAI released this tool called ChatGPT. And so when OpenAI released ChatGPT, that's when things changed. And here's why. One, it takes the machine learning and all the brainiac things that AI does and then um, puts it with a layer, another layer on top of natural language processing. And all that means is that instead of being um, a nerd or a guy in a white lab coat, a scientist or you know a PhD or a coder, you now can use natural language, whatever you and I are speaking and talking to each other in a workplace environment to say, hey, can you do this for me? Um, it, it takes that natural language, processes it, figures out the intent, goes off and does its brainiac stuff, comes back, and then the game changer again is it translates it back into plain English so that you and I can understand it. Actually, yeah. not just plain English, into Spanish, into Korean, into Italian, there's all these languages, right? Yes. And so that natural language processing layer has made it accessible to everybody now. So you don't need a degree, you don't need to be a coder, um, anybody and everybody can use it. And then here's the kicker. It's not it's not relegated to one specific use case. So it's not relegated to just lawyer work or it's not rela related to just like um, internet advertising work. Because it's language, almost anybody and everybody can use it to help them with their work, with their life, et cetera. And so that's why you have this multiplicative effect of, wow, it's accessible and it's also relevant to so many different things at the same time. And so now that's why you're seeing this explosion. It's the media darling of the year, right? If time has a person of the year, it's probably going to be uh, some sort of AI, right? Hmm. Or the, what's what's the founder's name at ChatGPT? Sam. Open AI. Sam. Yeah, Sam. Sam. Just Sam. So, I think he's going to be on the cover. Yeah. This year. I mean, that's I my prediction. This is just one of those things where it touches humanity more than Beyonce. <laughs> So, so let's, let's talk, I, I want to get into the fear factor side of AI, but practically for church leaders, where, where do you begin in, in using AI or integrating AI into your, your ministry or church at this yeah. point I, in this day? So, um, both of us have, um, clients that we coach, uh, organizations and individuals, and usually, and we've talked about this before, what do you do with social media coaching, et cetera, when we take a a leader of an organization or an author or a consultant you know, first individual, the first thing we do is not just like go in and build some editorial calendar to like actually help them, um, you know, multiply the impact of their organization. The first is we have to teach them the value of social media. They have to see the promise and the wonder of what, you know, social media can bring to them, right? So they have to understand yeah. we, we call it the with them, the what's in it for me for social media. So instead of first going to what's your organizational mission, principles, et cetera, in the coaching one-on-one -on -one dynamic, usually what we do is we actually find what's your hobby, what's your interest, what, yeah. what you specifically are interested in passionately, what do you wake up and what are you actually interested in? Um, and then try to apply social media, follow the, you know, follow the authors, 
tweet an author. Like I, there have been countless coaching clients where I've been saying, hey, you follow someone on TV, a movie theater actor, um, some some author, et cetera. Try to reach out to them on social uh, social media and, and you'll be surprised how accessible people are and how much of a response you'll get. Almost all the time, I would say 90% of the time when they reach out to somebody, they get stuff back, right? I, yeah. I'll be... Um, from in, when I was in seminary in the back of the classroom, I was tweeting with direct messaging with Rick Warren. I've done it with Gary V. I've done it with Seth Godin, right? Like there's, so everyone, that's where I would start with artificial intelligence. So hmm. what topic that you're most interested in or what are you doing on a daily basis? What do you actually have in front of you that is per, of personal interest? And then just start asking questions. Um, so see, hmm. see what you need to do. So for example, I've got, uh, we went to um, the gardener's nursery and we just planted some bushes in the backyard and we're not exactly sure what's going on, right? I'm not a green thumb. And so just ask ChatGPT, here's the type of plant. What are we supposed to do? How often am I supposed to water? Is it supposed to have shade or not? How do I fertilize it? And you'll be surprised at the conversation. So that's the first thing, though. I would say before you even get into like the nerdiness of like how to apply it to workflows and productivity, Figure out a topic that you're personally interested in and ask. So similar to Google, like if, if, like go to yeah. ChatGPT, like you would go to Google.com and just ask a question and then see how it responds. I, yeah. so, so in Google, right, you'll see the behavior of the adoption of Google from when the internet first started. So now yeah. it's changed. And now people are just asking questions into Google instead of trying to reverse engineer a search engine, right? And just saying yep. keywords, like what would I put into Google to figure out yes. how to get a result back, right? And now you're just yep. asking questions. Like, so a very common one might be, hey, um, what's a uh, a church near me, right? That's a very common Google search that a lot of churches are trying to do SEO for, right? Local yes. business search, et cetera. Um, yes. Now you can't do that with ChatGPT, um, by itself because it's, it it has data only up to 2021 as of this recording today. Um, and there are plugins and connections to the internet that's happening. But as a general rule, um, it's not as um, powerful with real-time current stuff. It's getting there and probably, I mean, innovation in this space is happening so fast by the time you publish this, you probably will be there. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah. you should ask questions that you have on a daily basis, right? Literally ask, form a full question as if Nils was there or I was there as your friends in Starbucks and just ask us the question. And you you know what? ChatGPT will probably give you be a better answer than me or Nils, right? That's basically okay. what's going to happen. Yeah. So so as you, as you are an active user with Kenny, with, with ChatGPT, one of the questions right now is Bard or yeah. ChatGPT, do you have a preference between the two or even a recommendation for somebody just dipping their first toe in the water to AI? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so it is an arms race between these different language models, these these different AIs. And so ChatGPT is based on OpenAI's language model. And then the competitor is BARD, uh, which is brought up by Anthropic, which uh, Google has invested in. And so there's these, there's these multiple types of AIs. Each one has a different personality, just like search engines have different personalities, right? And, um, you know, BARD is faster. That's the first thing. Um, and it basically is 
again, I think you have to try. I, I think there's it's a personal preference of what you like. Now, I would say if you want, if you had to pick one to start right now, I would start with ChatGPT just because yeah. it has an early uh, mover advantage and it's it's flourishing as we speak, and and everyone has used that first. Um, but you need to use Claude, you need to use Poe, you Dragonfly, Sage, um, Bard. There's all these other ones that are coming out. Um, and yeah. again, Bing, Microsoft has Bing.com. Yes. Um, it's Revenge of the Nerds, right? Microsoft yes. is back. Bing is back. Um, yep. And so um, you need to try that too because that has ChatGPT's um, technology baked into it. And um, it actually connects to the internet, obviously, because it's it's Bing. Um, and yep. so again, I would try these different models out. But the most okay. important part is honestly, it's not which one. You need to try them daily. Do a 30-day challenge. Daily. Okay. And every day for 30 days, try to use an AI tool. Every day for 30 days. Okay. So, so and Kenny, one of the things I want to recommend with that is put it in your calendar yes. and limit yeah. your time on it too. Because yeah. I think one of the things with social media, we'd always say just literally get on social media for 30 days. You don't have to say anything. You will learn about social media. You'll learn about people. You'll learn how it yeah. works by just being yeah. there. But you also, it can it can basically take your whole day too. You can go on these tangents that could, you, you could be on chat GPT, you know, eight hours a day. And so literally just put 10 minutes, put 20 minutes in your calendar to be on one of these platforms every single day. Um, and don't let it waste all your time, but be diligent to be on there every day. And you're going to go a long way. Kenny, I think about even as a consultant, uh, people all clients will often ask me, they're like, how do you know all these things? And, uh, and I'm like, I just use this thing called Google yeah. and I know yeah. that I search the internet. Uh, and, and I think chat GPT is, is replacing us because people that for some reason never figured out how to Google effectively. Uh, now chat GPT is Googling for them, um, and bringing that information to them. Uh, no, Kenny, let's talk about a phase two. So once you've done it for 30 days and there's people maybe that are more comfortable with ChatGPT, where do you see kind of that next level of adoption uh, for a church leader with AI or AI tools? Oh, absolutely. So I guarantee, I guarantee you, money back guarantee, if you use it for 30 days in a row, you will not need this, the answer to that question because you yourself will start <laughs> to really understand how yes. you can start to use it, right? But yeah, um, what you need to do is you need to find things that um that are repetitive or that are generative right this whole category by the way is called generative ai there's yeah. you know machine learning there's natural language there, this is called generative ai creating content creating things and so um you need to find things find find aspects of your work um that that you're actually creating words that's the first part now all these models are we're going to nerd out here a little bit is it, it they're all multimodal. So for example, Bard just came out and said, hey, you can type in text stuff and we will give you back not only text, but images as well. Multimodal meaning the inputs or the outputs can be in different form factors, meaning it can be text, it could be audio, it can be an image, it could be a video, right? And so you can eventually, you're going to see, and there was, there was uh, some demos even for uh, using ChatGPT um, technology where someone took a, a picture of a refrigerator and then identifies all the elements of, like 
you know, it has one apple, carton of milk, celery, and, you know, donuts or something like that in there. What can I make with it? Um, and it will, it will actually identify the visual elements in the photograph and then come back with recipes, et cetera. Um, so anyway, those are the types of things that you will start to creatively figure out later. But the first step is to figure out where are you using text? Where are you generating text? And how does this help you? That's the first modality of work, creating things. Um, and, and with text is the first one. There's um, analysis, decision-making, planning. There's all this other stuff that you can do with these AI chatbots. But creating text is the first place. So yeah. emails, lists, brainstorming, um, you know, content. Where are you producing content? Yes. So Kenny, I want to talk about you. How are you, what are maybe the first five, like top five tools you're, cause I'm assuming you're, as you're, as you're pretty integrated into AI, what are maybe the top five tools that you're using in your day-to-day -day basis to improve your, your work, um, professionally with AI or even personally? Yeah. Um, so I mean, the first one is Grammarly, right? I think everyone okay. heard of that. Um, that is AI, and they've actually um, come out with something called Grammarly Go, which is a really cool tool. So, like, so it, talk about what Grammarly is for Grammarly is basically now. a spell check on steroids, right? So, it actually yeah. um, helps you with the language, with the grammar. Um, you know, my 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 gap in my primary school education is I never learned the active voice. Apparently, right? You've always heard, oh, it's in the passive voice. You should put it into the active voice. How do I do that? Yeah. Well. Grammarly actually flags stuff and helps suggest different ways of saying things um, to simplify things. Um, things like, again, these are all things you heard in grammar school, like parallel structure yeah. in your sentences, right? So all that stuff yeah. helps your communication skills. And so that, those are the types of things that Grammarly does. Now, yeah. it has launched something called Grammarly Go that um, I could be in my Gmail inbox and it will actually help suggest the actual text for a response or to okay. write something um, from scratch. And so those are the types of things that um, you would start with. So Grammarly is one of them. Uh, ChatGPT obviously is another one. Uh, another one I personally like is Jasper. Jasper is a business and marketing AI tool. Yeah. The, the benefit there, it has, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 templates so that you don't have to sit there and try to architect the best question, which we call in, in the AI world, we call that a prompt. What are you prompting the machine yeah. to do? Um, yeah. So it actually helps you because it has all these optimized things, whether it be um, a YouTube description or a video script or an email to somebody or, um, right, there's there's all these things. And it has a chatbot just like ChatGPT using the similar, the same technology as ChatGPT underneath it. Um, so. I would start there. Those are the types of things that I would do. Um, and then beyond that, there's all these other tools out there that um, is helpful. So for example, otter.ai is one that I'm playing with. Fireflies is another competitor. Basically, um, we could have, in, you, you basically invite Otter to a Zoom meeting um, and it listens in, it transcribes the entire meeting, it takes notes, synthesizes it. It even flags when there is some sort of call to actions that say, hey, in, in the meeting, I might have said, hey, Nils, um, you have to go do X, Y, Z. And, you know, while you do that, um, I'll do this ABC. Right. And so it will provide a 
to-do list afterwards. Um, so otter.ai is another great one. Um, and then okay. there's, there's all these other things out there. Like if you wanted to go into graphics, if you wanted to go into, um, you know, audio, video, social media stuff. Um, yeah. You know, the latest thing I'm doing right now is using ChatGPT um, to produce a lot of content and then putting it uh, in, in a spreadsheet. So applying okay. AI into Google Sheets is another one. Um, mm. and, and, and then you can put that into Canva. Canva is a great tool that every church leader should be aware of and using. Um, and yeah. then Canva allows you to scale and make, you know, um, multiple images all at once from a spreadsheet input. Mm. Um, so there's things like that. Um, if you want to be a little bit more advanced, um, we're doing cloning of our stuff, like cloning my voice right now. Um, yes. So I'm using um, 11 Labs. Descript is another tool. So basically you feed it a sample of your voice, some recording, and then it clones your voice. And then you put in text and then it will generate audio of that text in my voice. And I've never been in front of a mic. Um, so that's an, so that's another fun so, one to use. So let's go to let's go down this path a little bit because what what you just touched on is probably where people get the most freaked out about AI. Uh, so as we get into AI technology, it's yeah. you know we're these deep fake technologies, yeah. these robots taking over the world. It's you know the, there's all this fear factor yes. related to AI. Is that fear legitimate? Is that fear so how how should ministry leaders be thinking about AI, even under, understanding the the realities of, of AI, good and bad. Yeah. So AI, I think, is one of those things where, yeah, there's what we call, there's no more FOMO, it's FOLO, like the f fear of looming obsolescence, right? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And so we've learned like, wow, it's, there's, it's, it's, it's something that we really have to be worried about. Um, I yeah. think at the end of the day, one of the things that comes with this technology versus everything else is that in this AI revolution, you have ethics, um, yeah. impact on jobs and vocations. There's data, privacy, security. There are all these things where in the past, they've been things that we consider like they're side notes, right? Things that we have to yep. deal with that are that come with the main entree. With AI, they're the main plot. Yeah. They are the main plot. Um, you need to figure out this as a church leader, as a community leader. Um, you know, you need to figure this out of how AI is a mirror, right? So it reflects both the yeah. brilliance, but also the bias of its creators. And so AI isn't replacing the human touch, but it's amplifying human potential. And so that's mm -hmm. good and bad. And so... Because the cost of content is now, so the cost of good content, I don't think it's like, oh, you hear all these stories like, oh, you push one button and you'll get a sermon and you don't have to do any work. Yep. Um, that's yep. not true. Um, so the cost of creating good quality content is still going to be there. What it does yep. is bring down the cost of crappy content to zero, mm. right? And because of that, you have bad agents in our society that will start to use voice cloning, um, things like that. There's one example um, that just happened recently, right? Where um, you only need now, I think, three to five seconds of your voice, Nils, uh, to clone your voice uh, relatively yes. well. And it's only going to get better. 
So you can you can imagine. So here's the scary scenario, right? This is the fear based scenario, which actually is real and it's happening right now. Is that I could call your mom or your sister or somebody in your family, right, and say hello, and and say, oh, wrong number. Oh, who is this? And like literally, just have an exchange record that because it's only a couple seconds. Yes. Clone yes. their voice and then have them call you and say, hey, Nils, I forgot my um, social security number. Do you have that? Or uh, I, my credit card's not working. Like, I need to buy this before the deadline. Can you just give me your Amex? Um, your, you know, Nils has a black card, super serious. Like, he's like a elite super. with no limit at all, right? Like, one of those things like, hey, can I just get your Amex yeah. card? I got to buy these Taylor Swift tickets or something like that, right? Yeah. And yep. because you, you literally have no reason not to trust her, right? They, yeah. You can spoof cell phone numbers, caller IDs at this point. So we can spoof your family member's phone number. So you're getting on your phone. Oh, it's my mom, my dad, my uncle, my sister, my wife, yeah. right? And your, yeah, your wife, right? You say, hey, honey, uh, I just need, I need the credit card. I left it at home. I'm at the park with the kids. I just want to buy, like, there's this deal on Amazon I just want to get. Can you give yeah. it? You're like, sure. You give it to them and then yeah. poof, right? So there's things like that you can that literally can happen today, and it doesn't need crazy technology, crazy budgets, et cetera. We're going to see widespread fraud um, and cyber security issues in in the next year or two, like exploit. Um, yeah. Okay, let's end the fear factor right there. Yeah. Um, I think as a church leader, you you do need to have conversations. My my biggest thing right now is that every organization whether you're ministry or marketplace, whether you're a church or a nonprofit or a for profit, you need an AI policy in place. Yeah. Every single organization needs an AI policy in place. That is the number one thing that you need to start doing. Now, how do you get there? You don't go to your lawyer. What you need yeah. to do is you need to start talking to your leaders, to your staff, and to your volunteers about AI. You need to start yeah. asking questions of, hey, are you using it? How are you finding it useful? What's going on in your world and have the collaborative. This is your one chance of having a collaborative approach to solving a solution that affects the entire community. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I think, um, and I think one of the ways, if you're not sure what an AI policy could look like, use AI to help you create that AI policy. Yeah. Uh, chat, chat GPT is going to be a great tool to, to, to get you started with that. Uh, but then it's also going to need obviously human, uh, you know, I interaction and, and connection to it. Uh, that's a good word, Kenny. I think, you know, one of the conversations I still have with church leaders a lot is what's, what's our social media policy? What should yeah. our social media yeah. policy be? And churches were way behind on that. And, and so I think, um, having that conversation and know that that, that policy is probably going to be in pencil, not pen, because your understanding of AI is going to change. But I think you need to even have a collective, you know, uh, agreement as to how you're going to use AI and how you're not going to use AI. And and I think the good and the bad, Kenny, is this is why church leaders need to be aware of this, because whether you're going to really immerse yourself in your ministry with AI tools, AI is going to be affecting our world in a very significant way. So we need to, at a minimum, be knowledgeable yeah. of AI. But I think if you're not using it, you're you're missing out on the unique uh, asset that it can be to your ministry. Kenny, as we wrap up, I would love to to hear maybe as you dream about the future. So go, let's finish positive here. 
what do you get really excited about as you look maybe, and I don't even know if you can look two to three years down the road uh, as it's moving so fast, but as you look down the road of AI and church and ministry, what do you, what do you get really excited about? What tools, what opportunities do you see ahead? Yeah, I think, you know, um, AI is not a job ender. It's a job evolver, right? And it, it, it literally is an extension of who we are. When, when the iPhone came out, we didn't think of, oh, is the iPhone actually an extension of your body? Are mobile phones literally part of your identity now? Um, AI is going to be the same way. And I think just as um, all technologies are neutral, I think the church has the opportunity right now in the future for revolutionary leaps forward in terms of how it can do ministry, in terms of reaching the culture and becoming relevant to the culture and bringing people in and scaling personal relationships. At the end of the day, um, Nils, you and I, when we first started our journeys as church online and social media pastors, what our, our heart is to use technology to scale personal relationships and AI is going to help us do that by, you know, an exponential factor th- uh, than what we've done in the past. I love that. I love that. That's such a good word. And, and, and Kenny, I think the encouragement that, that I'm taking away and that I want to encourage church leaders listening to this is this is a moment to lean in. Uh, and, yeah. and, and this is an opportunity moment, uh, for, for the church. This isn't, uh, while, while there are going to be downsides, I, I think the, uh, the opportunity is much greater than than the 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 challenges or the fallout uh, associated to this. But this is not a uh, a tomorrow technology. This is a today technology, uh, and and I think it's an exciting opportunity. So I, I hope if you're listening to this that you'll lean in. I hope too. If you're not yet following Kenny on on online, uh, you need to you need to Kenny Kenny's the best follow on the internet and on social media. <laughs> Kenny, where, where's the best place? I mean, you're, you're everywhere. You're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook. Where, where's the best place people to connect with you? Yeah. Uh, your friend Google knows how to find me. So if you Google Kenny Jang, you can find me in all the social platforms. Um, however, there's two specific destinations that I would offer up for this conversation in particular. And that is one is a Facebook group with a couple thousand peers. It's called AI for church leaders.com. If you go to that address, AI for church leaders.com, you'll find the group. Um, and second is churchtechtoday.com. I'm the editor-in-chief there. And uh, under my influence, we are swinging the editorial calendar to focus more on how to use AI for good on a very practical and hyper, you know, hyper-practical basis for you. And so those are the two places I hang out a lot lately, and you'll find a lot of other friends. Um, again, I would say probably 30 40% of the people in that uh, Facebook community haven't actually really used it yet. Um, and so you're not alone. So if you're totally brand new to this, we welcome you in just to be an ob- a, you know observation on the sidelines. We're going to encourage you to dip your toes in the pool, uh, but we would love to have you. And then we have people that are nerding out. Um, we have people that have shared how they've created children's books um, all through AI and published it on Amazon. We've had another one um, that uh, they have automated a-, a podcast, a foodie podcast that's going live right now and ranking better than some other people. And so there's all these uh, really neat and crazy innovation examples that are having uh, happening there. Uh, but again, it's about community. It's about friends. And um, yeah, we'd love to have you there. I love it. I love it. So we'll we'll have those links, uh, but but obviously you go directly there. Uh, and 
We'll have those links on the show notes, yep. socialmedia.church. Uh, so, so go there and we'll put all of Kenny's social media handles. And, you know, I don't know if that's actually Kenny on the internet or that's an AI version of Kenny, uh, and which, which is which, uh, but, but I'll let you figure that out, but make sure you get out. And I've joined that Facebook group as well. Uh, and it is such a fascinating conversation. So I think if there's one call to action for this podcast is go get in that Facebook group, uh, <laughs> because you are going to want to, uh, just hear what others are doing. And I think even to your point, Kenny, of like, look at cooking thing. And and and, and that's going to turn into ministry opportunity. I think we need ideas to stir in, in these these new spaces. And so I I love it. Kenny, thank you for your generosity to spend this time uh, speaking into church leaders and and just to hang out with me, your friend, Neil Smith. Uh, I, I love you. I'm grateful for you. And uh, I hope everyone will follow you and get to know you as Thanks for having me, Nils. You are a gift to the kingdom, and uh, I hope we hang out soon again to talk about AI and other stuff. And other things. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again on the next episode. Bye.